Hey everyone, you're listening to the Uphill Both Ways podcast, where I talk about challenges, controversies, and pop culture of Gen Z. My name's Tess, and I'm your host. There's a lot of stuff going on out there, and I hate to break it to you, Grams, but some of it might even be worse than your commute to school. Tune in and listen to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to my first podcast episode. I'm so excited to be doing this. I've always wanted to create something either for YouTube or create a podcast, so here I am doing it. The theme for today's episode, in addition to the real theme, is please bear with me. This is my first time doing this, and I know that editing and putting in sound effects and everything could get comp- whoa, could get complicated. So we're just going to keep it simple today, and I'm going to talk about something that has affected my life and still affects my life to this day. Let's get into it. Today, I'm going to be talking about acne. This is something that many, many people struggle with. So I guess we'll just start off when I was in, I guess, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. I didn't really think about my appearance at all or care about it until I guess around eighth grade when I started noticing I would get a pimple here and there and you know gradually gradually my face kind of started to look like a pepperoni pizza which was painful and a little bit awkward and I remember this one kid who I doubt is listening his name is Lucas. He called me oil spill one time in algebra class. First of all, he had acne as well, so it was a little bit ironic. I was just sitting across from him and it came out of the blue. I had no idea how to react to it and I was sitting next to one of my friends at the time. We just kind of looked at each other and then he was sitting next to his friend And they just kind of laughed and, you know, I really didn't know what to do in that situation, but it was the first time where someone else had pointed out something really personal to me and something about my appearance. Another time, that same year, I was getting stuff out of my locker at the end of the day. It was like 3 p.m. It was pretty hot out that day. And my locker was right outside my English classroom. And my English teacher was standing outside the classroom because that's something the teachers did at the end of the day at my middle school. And he just looked at me and he asked me why my face was so sweaty. Which is completely out of pocket. And looking back on it now, I guess I regret not saying anything to him. But I also recognize that what the heck was I supposed to say to him? I think I said something like, oh, I don't know, and just like rushed down the stairs. Peers, students, teachers, anyone really should never, ever comment on your physical appearance because they have no idea what you're going through. I wish I could show you guys photos of my face from that time. But anyone who has ever struggled with acne knows that you just don't have any of those.
When people talk about any emotional or mental or physical challenge that they face throughout their life, a lot of the times they call it this journey. And I am just not fond of that word, and I'll tell you why. It's because a journey assumes that there's some happy ending, and it assumes that you'll overcome some hardship, or it assumes that there's only conflict in one place and then it gets resolved in the end. But that's not the case. Acne is more of an experience, and it's something I still experience to this day, and it's not linear, and I don't know when it's going to end. It is just something that I have dealt with. And that's why I can't really call it a journey. Even if you are someone who doesn't struggle with any type of skin condition or acne, I really encourage you to keep listening because it might just make you realize how much your skin affects every single part of your life, especially when the skin you have is quote-unquote perfect. Some questions people have actually asked me include, but are not limited to, Have you tried washing your face? Do you wash your face? Doesn't that hurt? Have you tried this product? And finally, my favorite, What's that smell? And you guys are probably like, Wait a minute, does acne smell what? And I'm like, "Uh, I don't think so, but... This is in reference to a specific situation. One morning, in eighth grade, of course, my mom was like, oh, like I read this thing where you can put apple cider vinegar on your face and it helps with acne. And basically, if you have any health condition or any flare-up of any sort health-related and you look it up on the internet, it basically gives you two answers. It says use apple cider vinegar or use Epsom salt. That morning, I put on apple cider vinegar all over my face. And in eighth grade, I used to bike to school. And so I arrived at school, I was a little bit sweaty, whatever. I was putting stuff into my locker. I was like, oh shoot, what's that smell? That's not me, right? Because God forbid, I smell bad in eighth grade. That's disgusting. I hear someone say, What's that smell? And I'm like, oh my God, that's my face. It smelled like rotten apple or it smelled like pickle juice because I guess apple cider vinegar carries a very strong scent. And when it's on your skin, that gets exaggerated and multiplied to the point where all of your eighth grade peers are asking what that smell is. And that was super embarrassing and what made it worse is that all I was doing was just trying to do something for my health and it's not like I could be like oh yeah hey guys I just put apple cider cider vinegar on my zits because why would I want to advertise that some things people have actually told me are you have a zit right there really thank you as if I had no idea And I've heard this is really good for acne. And then proceeds to talk about a product that I have definitely tried. So it seems like other people are both absolutely clueless 
and most aware of my skin, which is quite the paradox. After eighth grade, my acne worsened and it was at its peak freshman year. I mean, I had cystic acne, the kind where you type in cystic acne into the space bar on Google and you go to Google Images. Like my face could have been one of the first few. I used to get neck pain because I feared sleeping with my cheeks on my pillowcase. I used to immediately wipe off all the oil on my face before seeing anyone in the morning because it would be super oily when I woke up. And I wouldn't even let my family see my face before I had washed it. I used to open my mouth really wide for photos because I thought it reduced the appearance of my cheeks. I used to be very familiar with the word oil-free. I think I went to five different dermatologists and I've probably been on 10 medications, which have all ended in something like cycling or started with Tetra, Doxy, whatever. And when prescribing the drugs, <laughs> all of the dermatologists use the same one-liner. Trigger warning. It gets worse before it gets better. And I always thought, thanks doc, but let's keep your personal life out of this. The truth is nothing really works and there's close to nothing out there you can do to cure your acne without having some physical, emotional, mental, social, or financial cost. At one point in my life, my parents wanted me to go on Accutane, but it just wasn't worth it for me. I was an athlete at the time and I didn't want any effects on my bones because that was one of the really bad side effects. And it's not like I didn't qualify for it. I sure as heck qualify for Accutane. It was just that I didn't want to go through the grueling process. Now I'm going to talk about why acne sucks. And there's so many reasons. So let's get into it. Number one, it is negatively stereotyped. People with acne are seen as the unpopular and unattractive geeky kid, or they're seen as the depressed loner who just isn't smart enough. People with acne are seen as antisocial, dirty, lazy, in need of help, and unhygienic. Usually they shouldn't be listened to, and they're usually avoided like the plague. They are always lacking in at least one area. The reality is people with acne are hyper aware of their appearance down to knowing where every single zit is on their face. I spent hours in front of the mirror. Number two, people often have a hard time separating you from your acne. It becomes a hugely defining feature. It really becomes who you are. And I figured this out because some of my friends from high school used to complain about like one zit they had because that would affect Instagram photos or whatever, and they couldn't be seen with one zit. And if they were able to do that in front of me comfortably, it was because my acne was connected to who I was, but their one surface level pimple was not part of who they were. Like, oh, like cystic acne is just like, that doesn't affect Tess because that's just like part of her. 
my acne couldn't be removed from who I was while theirs could. As if it was a greater struggle for them when they had one's it, because no one would expect it. I always knew when I met someone for the first time, they analyzed my face, because something about it wasn't up to their standards. It was kind of as if they couldn't understand how I could let myself get so off the rails, like it was my fault and I was being super irresponsible. And whenever they used to stare at one pimple, I used to think they probably thought, oh, if I stare long enough, it'll go away, as if their judgment could erase my imperfectness. People think you can change acne, but you can't. When you have acne, first impressions are always skewed. Number three, TV shows and movies do a horrific job portraying real skin. It's usually always covered up by makeup artists or actors just have clear skin because that's what's seen as most beautiful in our society. And when a character does have acne, it's not an accident. This is a decision made by the movie makers. And that's because acne is used to define where characters sit on a social ladder and what their personality is like, which usually always play on the stereotypes I mentioned earlier. What makes this even worse is when makeup is used to create this effect. Like, oh, this guy's a nerd, let's put fake sits on him. It reinforces unnecessary and false stereotypes about acne and It's just not true that the most popular girl has clear skin, and it's just not true that the outsider has acne. So why are we still seeing this in film? Physical characteristics have absolutely nothing to do with who you are. If an actor has acne, it shouldn't matter. When a character has acne, it shouldn't matter either. Acne is seen as a struggle and a challenge that would otherwise interfere with their storyline if they did or didn't have it. Now, I will bring up two points that you might be thinking about. There is something to be said about stereotypes in TV and film. That's what makes things funny. That's why we laugh. It creates intrigue. It helps build the character. We see how other characters respond to other characters who are different from them. And if we didn't play on any stereotypes, it would be really hard to have any kind of comedic effect. A great example of this is literally any character from The Simpsons, or any show like that. It all plays on some type of stereotype. And that's true, you do need stereotypes for things that are supposed to be funny, But I'm talking more about maybe drama series or things where you don't need stereotypes to make a character, where the point of it isn't supposed to be funny. Another point I would like to bring up is that, yes, from a production standpoint, acne is extremely inconsistent. Filming is done out of sequence a lot of the time, and this can lead to inconsistencies. If one shot has a pimple, and then the next shot in the same scene, the character doesn't have a pimple, or the actor doesn't have a pimple, and it's just easier to cover it all up as a makeup artist. But then again, 
what's the big deal? I personally think it adds character, I guess pun intended there, to your characters. Number four is that advertising makes you feel like you're in the wrong. This is something that's very interesting to me because I am studying advertising at the university I go to. And advertising creates a standard according to what people desire. People who struggle with acne look at brands like Clean and Clear, Clearasil, and Proactive and assume there's something wrong with them. It assumes that they're dirty. Their skin is filthy and covered with zits and that they're lazy and not taking action. Models are still photoshopped and airbrushed, and there really isn't any representation of acne, even with brands that celebrate differences. But don't get me wrong, there's so much more diversity in advertising than ever before, and many brands include people of all sizes, all different racial backgrounds, sexualities, and disabilities, which is awesome, because... Throughout history, these groups have been discriminated against and not included in advertisements. It's also great because they're represented in ways that are empowering and shameless. But one thing I'm noticing is that acne is still excluded from most ads. And it's excluded from ads that focus specifically on skincare. I have to say, even popular skincare brands... For example, Glossier, who claim to focus on individuality or cultivating conversations, whatever that means, I'm not even sure it came from their website. Um, For a company who focuses on these things, none of their models have acne. They don't airbrush their photos, they don't Photoshop, and that's awesome. It's real, but none of their models deal with acne and I would like to see that represented as someone who struggled with acne and is looking for a skincare product to help with that. Another thing I'd like to point out about Glossier is their slogan which is quote you look good end quote. You look good. This places so much emphasis on appearance and it brings morality into appearance which I'll talk more about later but I often wonder whether having acne because it's not represented on their website means you look bad to a brand like Glossier. To me their brand feels like their products are meant for people with already good skin And their brand doesn't really put any effort into trying to meet the needs of their target market. They kind of place more emphasis on their image in the media, like popularity and aesthetic and labels like clean girl and minimalism and glowy, fresh skin. What they're doing is selling a lifestyle, which is a great way to advertise. But the way they do it makes it feel like those Calvin Klein ads from the 80s, which got canceled. Regardless, advertising will always try and sell an image 
which is hard when the image that Glossier preaches isn't practiced, even if their overall approach is more inclusive. So I've come to this conclusion about advertising. It's hard to sell what is real. That's why ads are essentially exaggerated truths about something. They show a product or send a message that we desire. Real is not what people desire because it's something we already have. We are already real. Number five is that it's just awkward. It's a key indicator of puberty and there's really not much you can do to hide it. Acne's not something you're born with. It just kind of starts and happens and you can't control it. It's so ironic how society says it's ugly, but most of the people who have it are teenagers and most teenagers have it. So who's to tell us that it's ugly when we all have it? Like, tell us something we don't know. It would kind of be like Switzerland telling the US and Russia that they were developing nuclear weapons during the Cold War. Like, yeah, duh. Number six is you're not even willing to feel empowered by it in the face of typical beauty standards. It's not a be yourself, don't care what anyone thinks type of thing. It does actually really hurt and it makes your face really swollen. And this added barrier, in addition to not fitting the beauty standards, makes it especially hard to accept. So what I would like to say is what happened to beauty is pain. Number seven is one that's quite obvious, mental health. According to the American Academy of Dermatology, people with acne can develop depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, poor self-image, a decreased quality of life, and a feeling of being alone. So all great stuff. 85% of people aged 12 to 24 experience acne, yet we still stigmatize it, which is crazy. Number eight might be a bit of a shocker. It might not be something you expect. And that's actually compliments. When a person with acne gets complimented about their face, at least for me, it always felt a little bit weird. And I'll tell you why. When someone said to me, like, oh, your skin looks great, it's just a way of saying, oh, your skin looked bad. When my acne was super flared up, this is the type of compliment that had the potential to kind of drive me into this type of skin dysphoria, if that's even a thing, like where I was so removed from my skin that compliments just didn't really do anything to me. I didn't know how to handle them. I was kind of indifferent towards them because they didn't mean anything. Like, would you say this to someone with with clear skin? Probably not. I kind of just thought about my skin, or I guess these compliments made me think about my skin as something that other people use to define my worth. I don't mind it as much now, but It really does stink when you know your skin is bad and someone is commenting on how it's changed. It's just not anyone else's business but your own.
Now I'm going to talk about how acne has affected my life. It definitely did do a number on, I guess, my overall ego. And I don't mean that in a narcissistic way, just like who I was as a person. I definitely did experience the effects that the American Academy of Dermatology talks about. Um, But it really affects everyone differently, and it's a personal journey. I'm just kidding. I think I was just kind of too numb to feel sad. I mean, I did have times where I would look in the mirror and be like, is this actually me? You know, my parents always pride me on how well I handled it. And I mean, I agree, but I wasn't really handling anything. I was just completely lost and clueless and felt disconnected from my body most of the time. And I heavily disassociated my acne with who I was, probably because other people associated it so much with who I was. I mean, what happened to how good of a writer I was or how good I was at playing soccer or how good of a sister I was. Those were things I valued much more and I put before my acne even when other people didn't. It took me a really long time to reconnect with my skin, which sounds so stupid to the average person, but it's not stupid when your face is your most defining feature. And for the past couple of years, I can say I truly do not think twice about my skin And I still have all my scars and all my memories from my teenage years concerning my acne. But when you attach any kind of adjective to something that just exists and has no moral consciousness, you're allowing it to be accused of something. And that's why I don't call acne good or bad. When I get a zit now, it doesn't bother me. And this would be crazy for my high school self to hear but I sometimes get a little bit of joy out of it I don't really know why my dad had acne too and it's nice to connect with him about it now that I fully accepted my skin and we both own it and it's a part of life and when I get a zit I get a zit and I don't even think about it for one second I want to share this one last bit because I find it kind of funny. When I was eight or nine, I wanted to be a teenager so badly. And even more than that, I wanted acne so badly. I thought it was really cool and grown up. So if you're still unsure about whether beauty standards are made up by society, I encourage you to please think about that. And on that note, here are some of my favorite skincare products. You can try them out if you want to. You might like them. You might not. This is not sponsored at all, but I thought I'd just share. For reference, I have kind of combination skin, but these are some products I've been using for years. Some of them were recommended by my dermatologist, so proceed with caution. I'm just kidding. What I use every day to wash my face is the La Roche-Posay Purifying Foaming Cleanser for normal to oily skin. I love this stuff. It has no fragrance at all, 
which is one thing I love. Most of the skincare I use has no fragrance at all, but I'll use this to wash my face in the morning and at night um, or during the day. It's in a giant blue bottle and it says on Target it's only $16.99. So, and you get a ton. It's in like a 13.52 ounce bottle. So you get your money's worth with that. The next thing I use, this actually isn't in order, but I really like the Vitamin C Glow Serum by Coco Kind. It makes my face look so glowy. And whenever I use this, people are always like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, your skin looks great. <laughs> um, it just makes me feel really great. Um, it kind of brings out like an inner glow in your skin which is really nice and then uh for a moisturizer I use Neutrogena literally anything Neutrogena I love um I think it's like it's the pink oil free for combination skin no fragrance nothing it's super cheap also I think I forgot to mention the Coco Kind is 20 bucks which is kind of pricey but it's great also has no fragrance and then what else do I use? I have used the Hydro Boost in that blue tub from Neutrogena before. That's water-based. It's really great. It has a little bit of a weird fragrance, or at least the one I does have. I mean, what? At least the one I have does. And then the last thing I want to talk about is something my mom put me onto. So shout out. It's the Mario Badescu Super collagen mask which i guess martha stewart is obsessed with so shout out to her too this is really 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 awesome this pulls everything out of my skin which it's great it's also such a cool color doesn't smell so that's it for what i use on my skin but I hope you were able to relate to this episode or you learned something new. So I'll see you next time. Bye.